Welcome to Smart Habits for Translators, a podcast for translators by translators, bringing you simple strategies to build better habits. In each episode, we'll focus on specific habits for translators in various stages of their careers. If you're a translator who enjoys learning about habits to improve your business and lifestyle, then this is the podcast for you. We're your hosts, Madalena Sanchez-Zampalo and Veronica Demichelis. Like you, we are professional freelance translators trying to balance the challenges that come with building a career and maintaining clarity and boundaries between work and personal life. We hope you'll join us in this conversation about smart habits and discover some simple strategies you can apply today to help you build your career and achieve the lifestyle you desire. Welcome to Smart Habits for Translators. This is episode 36. In today's episode, we'll talk about something that as freelancers, we all aspire to achieve, building lasting relationships with your clients and leveraging those relationships to build your referral network. To discuss this topic, we have invited a special guest. She's not a translator nor an interpreter, but she's in a creative field. And we think it's extremely valuable to look outside our profession and see what other freelancers are doing and what we can learn from their approach. We're excited to welcome Amanda Calvin to join us today. Amanda is an experienced graphic designer and business owner. She completed her Bachelor of Fine Arts in Design and Visual Communication and has extensive experience designing identities, websites, illustrations, graphics, and motion graphics for over 80 organizations across the United States. In addition to being a full-time business owner and designer, Amanda is also an adjunct professor at her alma mater, Kent State University. Amanda prides herself on equipping clients with the knowledge and confidence that allows them to implement and maintain their visual identity long after the project is completed. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you for having me. Yes, thanks for joining us, Amanda. We both really enjoyed working with you on multiple occasions, <laughs> uh, both individually and through our podcast. And we experienced firsthand how well you, you, know, you foster a positive long-term relationship with your clients. And of course, we love the logo that you designed for our podcast. Yeah, we do. Oh, great. Thank you. I'm so glad that you uh, enjoy the logo. I had a lot of fun making it with you guys. And I do. I think it turned out really nicely. It, yeah, it did. Really was. Uh, it feels like really like us, you know, yeah. like a, a good fit. So thanks for that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so we felt that uh, you would have some really good tips to share on this topic, um, you know, about fostering long-term relationships with clients, and that our colleagues, and let's be honest, us too, could learn some uh, smart habits for ensuring positive experiences for clients so that they're eager to come back, um, you know, to return as clients and refer others as well. So let's jump in um, with our first question for you, which is just to tell us about your business. Uh, what services do you offer? What kind of clients do you work with? And how did you get started as a freelancer? Yeah, so um, it was a little bit there in my my about section uh, at the beginning here, but um, A Calvin Design is a boutique design and marketing studio. I mostly work with freelancers, small businesses, and nonprofits to create brands that bring confidence. Uh, so those core competencies are really identity design or what a lot of people would know as logo design, uh, website design, graphic design, which could be anything from a LinkedIn ad to a flyer. 
uh, as well as motion graphic design, which are little animated videos. So if any of your uh, listeners have saw the 2020 or 2019 uh, International Translation Day motion graphics, uh, those are some really great examples of my work in motion design, as well as Mm -hmm. illustration. Oh, yeah, we love those. And I remember, I think that's the first time I worked with you was when I was uh, chair of ATA's PR committee. And we didn't do motion graphics that year, but you did our infographics and Mm -hmm. they were so good. So that must have been in 2018, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. I'm just glad that it is continued and it's evolving. It's very cool. I know it's very cool. Bigger stories every year, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So speaking of evolving, how has your career evolved over time? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's never really goes the way that you anticipate it going when you first start freelancing. Um, mm-hmm. You're kind of when you start out, you've got like really big dreams. You're like, OK, I'm going to start and then I'm just going to just heat the ground running and everything's going to grow all at once, uh, which yeah. is <laughs> not what happened for me. Um, so that first like year and a half was pretty slow and I'm trying to figure everything out. Uh, luckily Mm -hmm. I was able to like, as I was working full time, like save away this little nest egg, uh, so I could keep putting all of my time into the business. And Mm -hmm. I was starting to learn how to network, how to really learn how to be my authentic self with my clients. Cause I think especially with the examples of small businesses. When I was working full-time, I worked at a small business and I Mm -hmm. would follow the salespeople and I would make the content for the salespeople and they would tell me about their process. And I'm like, that is not me. That's not how I would like to go about doing that. Um, I'm a very, very much a people person. I'm very much a relationship person. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was learning how to network, how to grow my network, how to utilize my network to actually make that profitable as well as enjoyable. And after, what, like two years-ish of that, we moved to Pennsylvania for a year. Okay. And that was really the turning point. That was like a massive amount of growth and evolution when we moved to PA because I went and after being in Ohio – And having not only my network that I built as a small business for those two years, but also the network I have grown in college, the network I grew growing up, like pretty much now I'm in Pennsylvania, I don't have a network anymore. I don't have, I don't know what the market's like. I don't really know anything. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's, it was a really great opportunity to basically take everything that you learned when you first started your business and start all over. Um, Hmm. so that year that we spent in Philly, I really did reinvent that authenticity. I really embraced the way that I presented myself. I was a networking machine. (laughs) I went to every networking event that I could like grab a hold of, which now during the pandemic you can't do, which is very sad. (laughs) Um, but I built up a lot of relationships that I still have, uh, with people today and those relationships helped me grow professionally. They helped me grow personally. And some of them even helped me build up like the skill set and the competencies of my business. Mm-hmm. So when I first started, website design was not something I did. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I'm not a coder. <laughs> I am a visual person. Um, so it was something that I was very like, well, I just don't need to learn that. I, I can, you know, design it in Photoshop and hand it to a coder. I don't want to do it. But I walked into a small business um, networking event. It was this huge small business networking event. And immediately I spot this girl 
with rainbow sequin pants. <laughs> and I'm saying to myself, that is the person I want to be friends with right there. So her and I connect and we um, talk about each other's businesses. She says, you know, her name is Ryan. She is um, working on her business, The Just Curated, um, which really helps people find their confidence and show it with um, people skills, networking skills, as well as the way you present yourself with your fashion, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's what I do. I bring confidence with the way businesses look. Mm -hmm. So we just kept like growing that we met later on at a different point in time. And she told me, she showed me this website and she was like, somebody has been working on this website for months and I've given them money and this is what I have. And she shows me this black screen with some white text on it. And it broke my heart. Oh my gosh. I was like, this is, this is what you have. And I love working with freelancers. I love working with small businesses. We do a lot with a little And the fact that this person had invested a lot of time and a good chunk of money and this is what they had was so sad. I was like, I have, the only experience I have with Squarespace is I designed my like senior portfolio on it. That's it. I'm like, but I can do better than that. Let's do it. So we went into this really great journey of figuring out exactly how she envisioned the website to look and... We got it done, like, ahead of, like, right where she wanted to be originally after she kept pushing the date back and pushing the date back because he just wouldn't get any work done. Um, We got it looking fantastic. She felt so confident. And she's like, it it surpassed what I had in my mind. I never would have thought it could look this good. And just that relationship and that experience grew me in so many ways. I learned how to be scrappy. I learned how to um, build a website from scratch. I learned how to manage a website um, relationship, like building that client relationship, building that process out. Um, So overall, just that experience from moving to Pennsylvania, being in that new area, building up that network, and building really key relationships that helped me to grow uh, really helped me to evolve to the business that I am today, where we are now back in Ohio, uh, but I still talk with Ryan and, and all of those lovely people that I that I networked with in, in PA. That's really cool. That's an interesting story, too. It is funny how sometimes you come across the right person that just you click with and then you realize, yeah, I don't have yeah. to just, you know, go with the flow of the way everybody else does things. I could do things, you know, my mm-hmm. own way. But yes. Yeah, really cool. Um, so Amanda, what does a typical work day look like for you? And what kind of changes have you had to make because of the pandemic? Oh, yeah. Um, that, like I said, I am such a people person. So in any <laughs> normal like week, if we were not in this pandemic, that seems like it has lasted for many years. Um, I would be going to a ton of networking events. I would be out at least two to three times a week, either going to those networking events or meeting with contacts that I met with previous networking events. Um, Mm -hmm. I would be leaving the house to go teach at least twice a week during the semester, which is just nice to go and 
you know, talk design with other um, designers, even though they're learning, they come up with like fantastic ideas you would never think of. Um, so I don't get that human interaction that I love as much. Everything's online, uh, which just has tied me to my desk even more than I was before, uh, which is saying something. But, you know, me and my desk are pals right now. I've got a, my, my fancy chair, got my new microphone. So now my day really looks like just I get up, I get ready. I try to get, um, you know, fully dressed like in a business casual attire that makes me feel happy because... Um, Early on in the pandemic, everyone's like, oh, it's cool. I can wear pajamas. You know, at least I can wear sweatpants. <laughs> and I'm like, man, right. that bums me out. Like after like a few weeks of that, I'm like, yeah. I just feel sloppy and sad. <laughs> so I put mm-hmm. on a like a confidence building um, outfit. So I've got my bright sweater on today talking to you guys because I, I love the bright yellow. It gives me some energy. And I take the leisurely stroll down to my office and I catch up on some emails if it's a teaching day, I, I like to go through and make sure all of my links are working, all of my like meeting times are, are up and running. And then after that, I've knocked out um, either teaching for that day or I've knocked out all of my emails for that day. I've If it's a Monday, I've put together my weekly to-do list. And then I hop into design work, whether that be revising a current project or I'm sketching ideas for a new project or maybe I'm doing some research. Um, and then... I do that for a few hours, take my lunch. Me and Abby go hang out on the couch. Abby is my dog. Uh, we, we've been watching some episodes of, oh gosh, what is it? Um, it's the Forged in Fire now because we're out of Madam Secretary. So we watch an episode of that. We go take a walk. We walk two to three miles a day. And then we come back and Abby hangs out in the yellow chair in my office. And I work until five or, or six-ish until I'm pretty wrapped up for the day. That sounds like a good day to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It's it's incredible how much you're able to to achieve in a day. And also, I fully subscribe to what you're saying about like putting yourself together to feel productive and motivated. I, I feel the same way. Like I have to get dressed, you know, as if I am going mm-hmm. to work, even <laughs> though I haven't worked at the office for a while now. But um, it just helps me too. I feel gives me more energy and motivation. Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. Yeah. So, um, Amanda, can you walk us through your client onboarding process, which we both have experienced together and separately, but we'd love we'd love for our listeners to hear about that too. How do you build your clients' trust in you as a professional, um, your expertise, and the solutions you offer? Oh, absolutely. Um, So at the beginning of every process or every project, I like to start things off with a let's get to know each other meeting, um, which is really nice just because it gives us a chance to kind of feel each other out and say, okay, this is a person that I could see myself working with, like this will work well, or knowing right away where it's like our energies really don't go well together. Maybe this is not something we can we should continue to go with. Um, it's also a really great opportunity for us to talk about both of our businesses so I can walk them through exactly what I offer, exactly how my process is going to work, and they can walk me through what their expectations are for the process, um, and, and what they really foresee us doing together and what their vision Mm -hmm. is for their project. And then to like continue into that, um, you had mentioned like building trust, um, and mm-hmm. they're in our in my expertise in the solutions is really 
I'm trying to be very transparent with the process. So in every quote and contract that any client receives from me, they get a step-by-step process. Um, Mm -hmm. If they were able to give me when they want it to be done by, I also include dates with that process. So they know exactly what they're getting. They know exactly when they're going to get it. And they know exactly when they ever need to give me anything, whether that be feedback um, or files or anything else. That is something that when when you first did that with with me individually, or I forget when the first time I saw this that you did, you know, the first time we worked together. And I thought, this is such a good idea that you don't see too many service providers doing. So, I mean, I know that you already described it, but it's a really nice visual to have a timeline in front of you and say, this is what I need from you by this date, and this is what you can expect from me by this date. And it really worked on the timeline that you described. There were no questions. There were no, you know, bumps in the road about anything because everybody knew what they were supposed to do and by when. And I have to say, it was so nice that I just tell everybody, I'm like, this is a really smart thing. We should all be doing this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I remember when I first saw it, I also commented on it to Madalena. I said, I feel like it really, speaking of trust, it really helps Mm -hmm. your client feel like, oh, she knows what she's talking about. And this is all so clear. And like the whole path is laid out in front of you. It's really reassuring. Great. I'm so glad that it, it gave you guys the, that feeling. That's exactly what I was trying to, to do. Yeah. Um, so beyond that, beyond kind of laying the framework of like, we all know our expectations, mine for you and, and yours for me. Uh, beyond that, I also like to, like you said, build trust in the solutions that I offer. Um, I'm really big about design education, not just because I'm a design educator, um, but I think it's really important for my clients to understand why I'm doing the things that I'm doing. Not only Mm -hmm. does it help them understand the value of design, but it also helps them understand why certain things are effective instead of just saying, oh, well, it just looks good and, and moving on and then not fully understanding why it works so then they can replicate it later on. Mm. So I really enjoy having that educational experience with my clients so that way they feel empowered to utilize their brand more effectively going forward. Mm. Wow, that's incredible. And I I feel like we can definitely draw some parallels to our field of work. So um, understanding your clients' needs and priorities uh, must be an important prerequisite for your work. And uh, as a graphic designer, you really need to understand your clients well. So how do you do that? And how do you create that ongoing dialogue with your clients to help you with that piece of the puzzle? Absolutely. This is this is huge. So at the end of a project, I often get comments like, this was exactly what I wanted without really knowing what I was asking for. Um, and I get that quite a bit. And I'd really love to keep a little bit of mystery by saying that every designer is a little bit of a mind reader, um, but we really aren't. We're just really good at listening, really good at researching, and really good at like synthesizing ideas. So mm-hmm. I start this magical process out like right at the very beginning. So we talked about that get-to-know-you meeting. So they've laid out the general idea mm-hmm. of what they want. Afterwards, I follow up with what I call a creative brief survey. And this is just a series of questions. Um, It'll range anywhere from 15 to 20 questions. It's all about, you know, introduce me to your business and tell me about your expectations and tell me about your preferences. And each of those sections are are really important in their own way. 
So mm-hmm. the section about their business gives me like much needed insight into one, how do they conduct their business? How do they see themselves? How does how do they see their competition and how do they see their audience? It really helps for me to know those things so that I'm able to boil down uh, the essence of their business to locate the key defining aspects that I can then convey visually and show their business in um, a way that it's visual in a way that shows their personality. Yeah. I feel like when you did that for our podcast, um, asking us like about our audience, that piece was specifically like really helpful for us because we had talked about it and we had discussed it quite a bit, but we never had to think about it in terms of design and visual um, visuals. So I thought that was really helpful. Oh, awesome. And I love how you, you bring that up. I do send these to, to everyone. Like I said, it's a key part of my process, but it is always um, interesting to me how many um, emails I get back with the document attached, but them saying, you know, this was such a great process because I didn't even think to ask myself this question when I started my business. This isn't something that I ever thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, so it helps bring them clarity as well in terms of, of how they're running their business. Cool. Yeah. So during the process, I, I also continue to bring um, or to build a better understanding of my client, of, of their wants and their dislikes by asking my very favorite question, which is why. Why do you like this? Why do you not like this? And why do you want it this way? Mm. So, um, uh, for example, <sighs> like it's if somebody comes to me and they say, well, I want the logo bigger. And which is a big thing that it's a big pet peeve of many, many graphic designers. You'll probably see a bunch of memes about this online now. Um, But so so why? I ask them why. Why do you want the logo bigger? Mm -hmm. And more often than not, it's because I want people to see it. Okay, well, there are other ways that we can do that. We can get there without making the logo, you know, five inches large. So that big question of why allows us to discover new creative solutions that work actually a lot better for the client Mm -hmm. and find solutions that they may not have thought of already. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I can understand how people would say, like, you gave me something better than what I thought or, or you gave me what I didn't even like know I needed. Because sometimes you have like a vision in your head, and you kind of have an idea but it's hard to portray if you're not a designer, obviously like most of us here, the ones listening at least, and, and us here. Um, but sometimes, you know, if you do have a really good idea of the design, it's difficult to explain it to somebody who will also get it. So that's why I think that um, it seems to be a good fit when we worked with you. And I think, well, it's no it's no secret that I have referred tons of people to you just because I, I think, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult to to find somebody that's it's easy to work with and that really gets where you're going and and yeah absolutely and i think that that also um it helps because i've i've had experience working with translators and interpreters so Mm -hmm. i think also finding someone not only that works well with you personally uh, but also has experience with working with people within your industry is also makes a really big difference it does yeah it certainly does so Amanda, can you walk us through your project delivery process? Like you sort of told us a little bit about the timeline process and, and how you work with your clients, but what does the delivery process look like and how do you invite your clients to share their feedback? Um, or um, on like when, 
they finished working with you. I, th I think I remember you sent something to me and I thought this is really nice to be able to share my feedback. Um, and do you follow up with clients after a project is delivered? Absolutely. These are these are such great questions. But yeah, um, let's let's hop into that first section of the question, which is like, what is uh, the process? So mm -hmm. I'll just walk you through like the identity process. So something kind of similar of what you and I uh, have gone through for um, the uh, this podcast, actually. So mm -hmm. the first step is we have that meeting. We talk about um, what it is that we want, make sure that we all get along and, and, and we're happy and we know what we're going to do moving forward. Uh, we have that uh, creative brief survey filled out and then we approve the, the quote or the contract, which again, it has all those lovely things like the timeline so you know exactly what's going to be happening. And then I start conducting research. So I have all the information that you gave me, and now I'm going to go out into the wonderful world of the internet and see what it is that I can find in terms of competition or what other people are doing. Um, how do we make you more unique? How do we borrow some of the ideas that look really good um, or some ideas that I think will fit really well with you? I assemble a mood board to kind of get all that inspiration all in one spot. And then I begin the design phase of the logo and that really starts out with me sitting down with my sketchbook coming up with a bunch of different ideas that you will probably never see and then I take those different sketches I upload them into um, Illustrator I start working on a couple of ideas and then I deliver three concepts and that's where we start getting into our um, feedback exchange so I deliver three concepts in a packet and for each of those concepts, I have incorporated that educational portion. So I've explained to you why I decided to turn the logo yellow or that I decided to use this particular style in the artwork. So that way you you know and you can make an educational educated decision on which one you think is going to work best for your business instead of just kind of looking at the images that I created and saying, well, I have a gut feeling about this one. You may have a gut feeling still with the um, all the extra information, but I think it helps to really reinforce that gut feeling and, and give you a really strong affinity for, for that artwork. And then we start saying, okay, well, now that you've seen all of the concepts, tell me what's working for you. Tell me what's not working for you. Um, do you hate the color yellow for, you know, because you were traumatized as a child <laughs> with the color yellow or wh whatever it is? Um, and we just keep going back and forth with emails um, or a Zoom call. So some some clients prefer to talk to me um, in that way, which is absolutely fine. And we, can, we do um, feedback in that way. But we go back and forth. Usually three rounds of revision is something that we get all the kinks out. So we do this, we go back and forth mm -hmm. three times, and then I deliver your final piece. And you have it, I give it to you in all of the file formats that you need, uh, and I follow up with, as, as you mentioned, Madalena, um, I send a end of project review survey. And this gives everybody an opportunity to give me feedback on the process. So I ask a question like, how would you describe the process of working with a Calvin Design? What's your thought on that project now that it's complete? Um, I love this question. What are three words that you would use to describe your experience or that you would use to describe your project? And then this one is really helpful for helping me improve, which is what would you change about the process or experience? What could be improved? And then I ask about a testimonial. 
Um, but that really kind of wraps up that project really nicely, kind of puts a bow on it. And then I have, uh, I learned something, I figure out, okay, this is what worked really well. Um, this is what like really made my client happy. They really um, enjoyed this piece of the logo or they really enjoyed this piece of the process. So I need to make sure to highlight that. Uh, and then I will follow up later on. I, I definitely get in contact with all of my clients during the holiday season. I send everybody um, cards or gifts depending um, on, on who it is we're talking about. And then I follow up with um, an email every once in a while. How are things going? Do, do you need any other help? Or I saw your website hasn't been updated in five months. Do you need help? Do you, for, do you forget how to log in? Like, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's important. Those follow-ups are key. I mean, um, you know, I, I know several colleagues we talk about following up with clients can be so important, but it can also really bring you more work when you, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe the client was thinking, I need to do this, but it's kind of been on their back burner. And then you pop into their inbox and then you're top of mind with them. And they're like, well, actually I do have something, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So that's helpful. And then also, I think it's really smart that you ask for a testimonial um, from all your clients and you ask, you know, frequently enough that you can get a good, you know, variety of testimonials. I think that that's really helpful. Um, and attaching it to that feedback um, form or, or, you know, those questions is really is really smart because then you don't have to add another email later on and just say, can you send me a testimonial? You know, so <laughs> I think that's really cool. Um, but yeah, so kind of on the same in the same vein uh, with testimonials, referrals are also a really important part of any freelancer's strategy. Um, And we're curious how you handle that in your business. Are there any specific things that you do to expand your client network through referrals? Absolutely. Um, I I love referrals because the awesome clients that I work with, such as yourselves, um, know other really awesome people that I could work with. And every time Mm -hmm. I get get a new referral, everyone's just a joy um, to to work with and and build relationships with. Um, There are four things that I do. Um, and three of them have to do with the process is one, I always keep the process of their, this person's project running very smoothly. So we don't have anything that we're upset about or we have snags or any, anything negative, any negative feelings in regards to that process. I build a relationship with the client. Um, so very often I tell people, oh yeah, I have a meeting with my client. Really, this is my friend. I have a, I have a chat with my friend in, in 10 minutes, but I'll call you later. Um, <laughs> so friends refer friends, right? We, we refer people we know, like, and trust. And then, um, yes. I always deliver projects of quality that the client is happy with and that I am also happy with. Um, so we've created something that everybody really feels confident about. So that way when somebody does say, oh, you know, I love that logo or I love that website or I love that motion graphic, it's very easy for them to say, oh, well, a- Amanda from A. Calvin Design did that for me. You know, if you if you want that, mm-hmm. it, it makes it a lot easier when you feel confident about the process, you felt confident with what you ended up with. And then lastly, um, I've also started um, giving away personalized or branded gifts as thanks for referrals. So, Madalena, you've received one of these. Yeah, it's really cool, and it's such a good idea that it gave me an idea this year for my own clients for, for the holidays. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. So I've started making these um, journals that have their branding on it. It's something different. It's not something that they asked me to do, um, which is fun for them to receive. It's not something that they're expecting. 
Um, I have before also, like, in my contract have added, like, oh, if you refer me, you know, you can get a discount. I found actually that the gifts work a lot better than that referral discount. Oh, interesting. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Fascinating. I don't, I don't know if it's because they forget about it um, or if just getting that surprise in the mail is more motivating than something that you expect. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's true to say like if you if you like as a client if you're happy with the product and and um you know the the service and the whole experience um, was positive you're very likely to uh, refer other people when they compliment what you have you know um, so that that's really cool yeah. mm-hmm. so um, as you know the name of our podcast suggests that we we believe that work life clarity um, <laughs> rather than work life balance is extremely important for freelance language professionals so we're curious to know what your thoughts on this are and how you try to protect the boundaries between your work and personal life especially these days when your um, your, your home is your work and your personal life all in one right <laughs> You never leave. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And I just got to say, I love that phrase, work-life clarity. I'm going to be borrowing that. Uh, So, yes, this is is super important. Um, And it's a conversation that I've been having more and more with, like, my non-freelancer friends because they miraculously have to work from home now. So it's a whole new, like, world for them. And so I've been giving everybody, like, the same few tips that I have learned. Um, as I've been working from home for the past, oh man, it's like now four years. Uh, so one of the things that, that I do to kind of create a boundary between my work and my personal life is that I set boundaries up with clients first. Um, so when they receive a contract, it has some stipulations in there that, that say very specifically that I will answer your email between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. during the week. That's, you know... That is when I communicate with you. I will communicate with you through Zoom and through email and and through calls through between 8 and 5 p.m. So if you text me at 11 o'clock at night, I'm yeah. not going to answer you. <laughs> I'm just kind of setting that up now because it's, it's very easy to say that, oh, well, you know, it was an emergency and I'm going to, you know, text them right back. And then, you know, three weeks later, now all they're doing is texting you at 2 o'clock in the morning to do stuff which is not good for my beauty sleep. I have uh, also um, lucky enough in the the house that we just bought that I am able to have a dedicated office space, uh, which has a door to keep the dog out when she wants to bark at the FedEx people, um, that I can also leave when I'm done working. So I know that my brain knows when I enter this space, I am working and I'm able to kind of turn that switch on in my brain. And then when I leave it, I can kind of turn that switch off. Uh, very similar to how, you know, every day people who have uh, jobs that they go into work, they're like, okay, go into the building. Mm-hmm. And then once I leave, I'm off. So it's, it never totally turns off. I don't think there's any way for it to totally turn off when you're living right next to your office. But it, it turns off enough where I can really enjoy the rest of my day. Um, and my other thing that I do is I always make sure that I set aside about an hour a day to walk. So I had mentioned during my like daily process uh, that me and my dog Abby go for a walk for two to three miles. And this really gives me time to recenter. 
Uh, it gives me an opportunity to have a little bit of some social interaction. So if I want to call somebody um, on my walk, I'm able to do that. I can listen to podcasts like yours while I'm on my walk and, and learn some new tips. Um, or I can just kind of listen to some music and process and think through some new ideas before I go back and sit at my desk. I love it. That's that's so cool. And you know, you're right, like people who didn't get um, a whole freelance thing that much before, <laughs> they really do now. My husband um, worked in, in, you know, at the office um, for many years, and now he works from home. And he he's really struggling with this, like with the work life clarity, you know, t- time boundaries and all of that. And we were having more conversations about yep. this now than we ever did before. So. <laughs> yeah, it can be hard. Well, sort of on the same uh, line, lines with that, um, and you've, you've sort of already answered some of this, Amanda, but do you have any smart habits that have been crucial in your career, either related to work or relationships or physical and mental health? And um, I think one of those being your, your daily walks is a really, a really good one. Oh, absolutely. I can't go without my, my daily walk. I really get antsy <laughs> cooped up in mm-hmm. here. Um, but definitely one of my smart habits that that I love is I have an accountability buddy. Um, So shout out to Jamie Hartz from Tilde Language Services. She has been my accountability buddy for three years now. Um, Wow. Yeah. So she and I actually met at my original internship and we've kept in touch and she was like my go-to person because she's in PA. So I was going to see her when I was up in PA and we've just always had this for, yeah, for three years now. We... It has really been instrumental um, in helping me make and keep goals. Jamie um, is fantastic at goal making and and goal achieving. Uh, And she also runs her business a little differently than I do, right? Because we're in totally different industries. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But she does certain things. I'm like, man, I'm going to steal that idea. That is awesome. (laughs) So we're kind of able to play off of each other in that way and grow um, and learn things that we wouldn't have run into if we didn't talk to each other every two weeks. So that's one of my favorites because it also has to do with being social. Um, But another one I have is I make weekly to-do lists. So Mm -hmm. I'm a huge list person. I love to-do lists. And I used to write daily to-do lists until I realized that I'm really too ambitious to handle a daily to-do list <laughs> because I write one and by the end of the day, I still have five things on my to-do list because I thought that there were like 72 hours in a day for some reason. <laughs> so I write a weekly to-do list now and it, one, saves me a lot more paper and two, I can actually get this list done in the timeline that I've set for myself, which is, you know, very, makes you feel very accomplished at the end of the week. And I would then say that my last piece is being open to opportunity. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Yes Ban. It has Jim Carrey in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So for anybody in the audience who has not seen the movie Yes Man, the premise of it is that this is a guy who always has to say no to things. He's always kind of a little bit of negative and he just says no. But he goes through this course and he commits to saying yes to everything. (laughs) Now, I am not that extreme, but I have tried to make it a habit of finding my natural skepticism and my negativity to open myself up 
up to new opportunities. So whether that be designing my first website, like I did for Just Curated, um, or starting a new business venture with my mentor and friend who I mentioned uh, at the very beginning, who inspired me to start freelancing, um, or refinishing the hardwood in my house, which now looks, you know, much better than when we first bought it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's incredible. I love all of those. Yeah. Thank you so much for these great tips, Amanda. It's always so great and refreshing to hear um, a new perspective. And I feel like this conversation has been super inspiring. And we also learned a lot about a lot of great tips, um, you know, that that would help our listeners and ourselves too in running our businesses. So before we wrap up, uh, we'd love it if you um, would do a special segment with us. Uh, We'd like um, to invite our guests to share something um, with our listeners about a favorite book or a tool or a resource, and we call this Guest Favorites. So um, is there anything that you would like to recommend? Oh, absolutely. So I've I've got two things. So my mother-in-law for Christmas bought me this um, desk vacuum which was not Ooh. something that I ever thought had existed. <laughs> and I it's it's awesome. It's Odistar, so O D I S S T A R and it's got these little bristles on the bottom. You put in two AA batteries and I I'm a person that snacks at their desk. I am very much guilty at that, so there's like crumbs on my desk and dog hair and stuff in my keyboard and this thing cleans up like nobody's business it's Mm -hmm. awesome i want to get one for the kitchen and like for the dining room so you can just like quickly clean up everything yeah i might need one for my kids uh table you know where they're doing their crafts and snacks that's awesome (laughs) exactly and i just i looked it up and they definitely have them on amazon so that's a fun little thing that you know gift to yourself Mm -hmm. Um, and then I, I did just finish reading a really um, interesting book. Uh, I do try to read a lot of business books, but I often kind of resort back to my like nonfiction biographical reading. Um, and I just finished The Secret Rooms, which is a true story of a haunted castle, a plotting duchess, and a family secret. And it was phenomenal. So if you enjoy something like... Um, Oh no, what it Downton Abbey. If you enjoy Downton Abbey, this is really fun. It's like a mystery and and it's around set during the same time period. Really a fun book. Very nice. Well, I know we do have some listeners who enjoy Downton, Downton Abbey, so they would probably love this too. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Amanda. So uh, we really enjoyed talking to you today and I'm sure that our listeners are going to find your tips useful in their own businesses. And to our listeners, Amanda has kindly shared a free resource for you all. It's an ebook called Designing for Your Business, a guide for non-designers. So we will share that with our email subscribers next week. And Amanda, before we go, where can our colleagues learn more about you or find you online? Oh, yes, absolutely. So you can find me online at acalvindesign.com. Uh, be careful you don't add an S to design because a lot of people do that. You will not find me. Um, and then for you guys, I also have a special section in my website dedicated to translators and interpreters. So you can definitely check that out by clicking on the hamburger menu and clicking on translators and interpreters. Right. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today, Amanda. Uh, we'll add those links to our show notes. And a huge thanks for for the free resource that you're offering to our listeners. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun talking with you guys. And and thank you for laughing at my jokes. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. So that's it for this episode. Uh, next week, our email subscribers will get a summary of this episode, including the links to all the resources that we mentioned today and Amanda's free ebook on designing for your business. So if you're not receiving your emails yet, please sign up on our website, smarthabitsfortranslators.com. And if you liked this episode, there are a couple of ways that you can show your support. Please share it with your colleagues and friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This only takes a minute and we've recorded a quick video tutorial to show you how to do it. We'll link to that in the show notes. Talk to you soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered some simple strategies that you can apply today at work or at home to help you achieve the lifestyle you desire. If you did, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a topic you want us to cover, please send us a message at hello at smarthabitsfortranslators.com. If you like this episode, we'd appreciate if you'd leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And please share the podcast with other translators you know.